We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brooklyn Buzz podcast presented by OTGBasketball.com. Make sure you follow OTG on Twitter at OTG Basketball. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, on the Buzz, Jack Manuel. How you doing, Jack? It's, I'm buzzing as well, Nick. It's Friday evening here in London. The weekend's upon us, and I reckon the Nets going to get a win against the Hawks. So let's forget about that Pistons and Raptors stuff. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, well, we're, we'll mention the Pistons and Raptors. We're just going to talk about the impact that we think that the losses had on the net season. And then we got a really fun game to play. And like Jack said, we'll talk a little bit Hawks and Nets. But before we get started, just a reminder, you can listen to Brooklyn Buzz on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and otgbasketball.com. Subscribe, rate, review us, let us know what you think. You can hit us up on Twitter at OTG Nick and at the JBT Man. But let's get started. Before we get into the fun stuff, we do have to talk a little negative, Jack. I know you don't want to, but... You know, the loss, we'll talk about the loss against the Raptors first. Obviously, a close game against a top team at home kind of felt just like the Boston game. How much did it suck to lose that game to the Raptors? Oh, it was massive, Nick. But there was a silver lining in it all and, and the fact that um, our our glorious leader went viral, as uh, as Kendrick would like to say. Um, the the key moments, which Nick, for those who haven't seen, catch um, Nick on Twitter at, Nick, at OTG Nick. Um, he put up the the moment where Spencer did when he got fouled, and it, it was the game changer. You know, it was the moment where the, the ball goes our way, we get that call, then we win the game. But unfortunately, um, the refs have been a bit um, inauspicious towards our good old Nets, to say the least. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, a couple of plays go our way, we get the win. But that for me was the key moment. It was it was disappointing because it would have been nice to say we've got a win against the Raptors and and, and the Cavs, you know, two of the best teams in the in the East right now. Um, and we've come so close against the Celtics as well. 
So it shows that the signs are improving, but you know we've got to get the Ws, and hopefully uh, it's a good maturation process for us. Yeah, it's obviously like we have to remember where this team was at last year. They were twenty and sixty-two. We're already fifteen and twenty-six, so we're almost surpassing last year's win total. But when you get so many close games against good teams, like you said, we had the close game against Boston, we had the close game against Toronto, and we just miss out, and the refs kind of g you out at the end of the game. Like you said, that call with Spencer Dinwiddie, the fact that he was definitely hit on that dunk attempt, and it always seems like it's something with Dinwiddie, which is somewhat strange. But how much do you think losing those two games to Boston and Toronto changed in that season? You know, hypothetically, if they'd won, it'd be a four-game winning streak, including wins against Minnesota, Boston, and Toronto, three top 10 teams in the NBA. What do you think it would have done for the Nets' confidence if they had won those games? Well, the what-if game is the funnest game to play when we're talking yeah. NBA talk, Nick. It's, it's what makes uh, us have our living on podcasts. It's what makes the NBA banter on Twitter and the like. Um, it, it what makes it fun. So it, it's nice to ponder, but I, I think the Nets, it, it's almost better for us to learn from these losses. Uh, I'm going to look at it as, as a glass half full sort of thing. Um, we get those wins. Uh, it might almost seem that where it, it's false hope. You know, we we make the playoffs next year. But there's a you look at the glass half full sort of it. You know, we get those losses. It shows that you know we can turn those into wins with a guy like a D'Lo, with a guy like uh, a Jeremy Lin in the squad. So you you look at it from both sides. It would have been nice to get those wins, be pushing for a playoff spot. Um, but also next, you look at the fact that is, is it best for us long term to get these wins now because you know we don't need them this year, so to, so to speak. Looking at it from a from a draft perspective, whereas next year is when we finally get our pick back. So there's lots of scenarios to to look at in the what if game, especially with these two wins. It would have been nice, especially because I think that led to us, led that mentality sort of brought us into the the Pistons game as well. And I think if we had a got one of those wins, whether it's against the Celtics uh, on a previous podcast we talked about, or even the Raptors, then I certainly think that would have changed things. Yeah, I agree. I think if we come out and we get that Raptors win, we probably beat Detroit, you know, at home. But instead, like you said, the the mental fatigue, the the fact just losing those close games, it really took a toll on the Nets, and it's a young team. And like you said, you know, you I like the optimism. You kind of use it as a learning moment. You know, these are games. Kenny can look at the tape and be like, guys, here's five plays in each game where we just completely messed up. We don't mess up in that game and give up five easy turnovers like we did in those two. We are walking away with two wins. So I think, like you said, there's plenty of winning like winning moments to take away. And yeah. then next year, it's something they can build on. And then, like you, I think it's great to remind everybody and all the Nets fans, <clears throat> the Nets are without Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell. Going to the season, you know, they're two best players. Maybe it might have changed by now. But the fact that we don't have those guys is really tough, and it's really exciting to see the Nets still compete. And Detroit, it just, you know, kind of sucked. There's not really much to say. They attacked us, you know, with their defense, and Andre Drummond was a monster inside. Yeah, Andre Drummond uh, is not getting enough credit from, you know, we look at the all-star ballot returns that came in yesterday, and he was too low on that list. And I, I'm not even sure if he was in the top 10 anymore. Um, but he he's continues to, to dominate. At such a high level, his passing game has improved out of sight. Um, and it's just one thing after another, the fact that he's keeps on doing these great things and playing these great games. And of course, it was going to happen against our Nets because we just don't have the, the hardened bodies to sort of compete against those guys. We saw it early in the season. We've picked up a few guys, but they're not the right guys to battle against an Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic, those big bruising types. Jared yeah. Allen, Okafor. They've, they've certainly got the talent there, but they just don't have the the reps to sort of go against uh, 
despite the fact that Drummond's only 24, he's a vet, uh, in, in, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think, like you said, Drummond's really improved a lot in different ways. And uh, it's not even just the Nets that don't have a guy that can deal with him. I think a lot of, you know, players around, a lot of teams around the league can't deal with Drummond inside. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's, it's all teams, Nick. It's, uh, he's been dominating against, he did it against the, the San Antonio Spurs. You know, he's not just doing it against the Nets. And we have mentioned in previous pods that this was going to be one of our problems for the season. But he also destroyed us on the offensive rebounds. Um, you can't let a quality rebounder, probably the best rebounder in the league with a blind side that DeAndre Jordan, get easy putbacks. Um, that leads to second chance points and, and extra possessions for a team. And that's what killed us. You know, we didn't make our shots and they did. And they just bullied us on the inside. Yeah. And they just came out physical and they wanted to play hard and the Nets just weren't interested in the game. So I think, uh, having someone like Drummond too just kind of adds to that, and he's not somebody you definitely want to mess around with on a regular basis. And in a game that you're not really bringing the juice, it's even less. Yeah, and 58 to 26 on the inside. Um, you know, you're not going to win many games scoring 26 points inside the paint, and we know that's one thing the Nets like to do. We play that in and out game, get those easy buckets either on the perimeter or on the inside. Um, but we just didn't have enough team rebounding like we like to do um, from our forwards. And we just didn't have enough shot makers other than Alan Crabb. Um, you know, somewhat silver lining, maybe like a, what's less than silver, copper lining um, <laughs> from Alan Crabb. A crab lining um, was just, he, he was good. Um, he made some shots. And it was interesting to hear Spencer Dimley say after the game, the defense that, that Detroit sort of played on us, it sort of sagged off us. Sort of like how the, the Bucks tend to do um, in, in this sort of defensive scheme. You know, sort of let the shooters take their shots. And if they make them, fine. That's when we'll start to defend on you. But we didn't really make the shots, so the Pistons didn't really have much to defend. We know we love to jack up the shots, but our percentages in terms of we're in the bottom half. So once we can you know, get some more capable shooters out there and start making them, that's when we start to punish a team like a Detroit. Because you know, we're by no means with 34 points and even 40 points where we went down at one stage, worst team in the Detroit Pistons. So um, I think we're just going to make our shots and you know, be a bit more engaged. Yeah, and Detroit's been a, a team that the Nets have beaten in the past, even when they haven't been, you know, competitive. Last year, they had a win against the Pistons. I think the year before, a win against the Pistons. So it's a team that they've done well against the past. So I think the fact that they were just so mentally out of it, I just kind of throw that one in the trash and move on forward. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it sucks because it was at home. And for the home fans, you know, you know the Nets have really, it's almost... Like we're good on the road because we can get mentally more engaged there and, you know, sort of band together and try and get the, um, the away W. But uh, unfortunately uh, for the home fans there, you know, we couldn't get it done for them. But, you know, going into Atlanta, finishing off the season series, I think there's, there's some hope. Um, hopefully, you know, d going to be back in the next week or two. Um, so there's some exciting signs ahead for Nets fans. There's no, no reason to get down by such a uh, disheartening loss because... I think it was, I can't remember, I think it was Alan Crabb. It's just like one of those ones you just throw in the trash. Um, and it is, you know, there's nothing to really gain from it. Alan Crabb was good. Um, other than that, you know, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson again put up some nice numbers. But yeah, just put it in the trash and yeah. go on to the next one. Exactly. There's just nothing really to say because they just didn't have the energy and the focus in that whole game. And, you know, going through the fourth quarter was just a game you want to end. But like you said, Jack, some optimism, some bright stuff to talk about. Obviously, D'Lo coming back. Well, we're going to play a little bit of a Nets game. So it's going to be pick a net. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to let me know which net you'd like to do this with. We'll so start off with We'll start off with which net would you like to take to the bar? What I'd like to take to the bar 
I'm going to go with Spencer Dinwiddie in this one, Nick. Now, for those that don't know, Spencer Dinwiddie is a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. And for those that don't know, uh, check out otgbasketball.com because we have some Dragon Ball Z-inspired articles by yours truly that uh, Nick put some fire graphics with as well. So we tried to get Spencer Dinwiddie on board with that. Um, We even added him. Some for some reason, I don't know why he didn't love that because everyone else refuses to add him. Um, but nah, I think I think it'd be fun to chat some Cell Saga, some uh, Teen Gohan with him, even some Dragon Ball Super. Need to catch up on that actually. Hopefully he doesn't spoil it for me. But yeah, he's also a really smart guy. Like I think he got like fourteen hundred in his SATs. And you hear him speak, you hear him communicate. Um, even if you're having a few beers, I think he'd still maintain his composure. So you know, even if he might even be the DD, like you know, he might be the designated driver if you want to have a couple of cocktails, couple of beers, a <laughs> um, couple of frothies, as us Aussies like to say. But I'd love to hit up a, a Brooklyn bar with my boy, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, I think Spencer would be a good one to go to. Like you said, he's just intellectual. He has a nice perspective on things. The fact he loves Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if you saw Adidas is teaming up with Dragon Ball Z, dropping some sneakers. Oh, yeah. The, mo- the mock-ups of the Cell and Boo ones have already dropped. The Cell ones look fire. The Boo, uh, not so much. But check those out for sure. I would go with Spencer as well. But all right, next question. All right, we both have girlfriends, but hypothetically in a world where we're both single, which net would you ask for girl advice? It's got to be Dilo, doesn't it? The guy is just like, he's a model. Swagged out. He's just so swagged out. He's just so goddamn pretty. Now, I'm, I'm extremely comfortable with my sexuality. I can say that that dude is a handsome man. He's a very <laughs> attractive guy. Um, I've got no problem saying that about at Dilo. His hair is on point. He keeps himself, you know, well kept. Him and... Damari have this nice sort of swag duo going on. I think he's having a nice influence on Karis as well. Our dudes dress well. Our dudes look good. I like the sort of mini sunglasses he rocks. You know, he's got the nice uh, the stud in his in his ear as well. You know, Delo's definitely a dude who would um you know if you're not you know, drawn towards a guy like that, I don't know who you're going to be drawn towards. And you know, for a bit of an older guy, a guy who's got a couple of years on us, Damari Carroll, I think he'd bring some nice wisdom to us and you know if we ever needed that advice you know he's got that life experience about him plus he's also a very handsome dude as well yeah i think Delo. i think you like you said he's got the swag he always has some dope glasses and he'll probably have some celebrity girls he could bring around for you so that's Didn't always he, a- was he was it him or jordan clarkson that was rumored for one of the jenners I think, I believe when he first started playing in LA, he did date one of the Jenners for a little yeah, bit. And they, I, before they were like, before Chris started to like haul them out even more to like modeling agencies and stuff. Yeah, I think it was like really way before, like early on in his career, like first when he got to LA. So as long as, as long as he keeps the Snapchat away while we're having our chats and, you know, getting some advice and doing our thing, then I'm going to be happy because or else um, I might have to give a call to Nick Young and see what he's done. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I like Snapchat, but you know, keep it away at, at certain points, D-Lo. I'm still, I'm always team D-Lo. Um, I don't know how he got the brunt of the, 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 the worst brunt of that whole situation over Nick Young, who was the one who was doing the dirty, so to speak. But um, yeah, definitely D-Lo. Dude's uh, swagged out. Dude, I never understood that, that Nick Young cheated on his girlfriend with, I think, an 18-year-old. But somehow, out of that situation, D'Angelo Russell is the demon. Obviously, I get what he did was wrong. Obviously, like, makes sense. But the fact that no one really cared what Nick Young did, like, come on. Yeah, I know. I mean, look at Nick Young. Like, seriously. It's like, do you not expect these sort of blundering, like, mishaps from a guy that's, like, nicknamed himself Swaggy P? (laughs) <laughs> Whereas, you know, D-Lo, he might, you know, 
take some things from Damien Little, like the time thing. The ice in his veins is 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 definitely a somewhat played out, but he makes it his own. Like he doesn't do any. He's a very. I think since coming to Brooklyn, he's almost come into his own. He's a young man, and um, I'm sure that he's doing very well with the the New York women. Yeah, and I'm sure that being in New York kind of allowed him to like unlock himself a little bit more. Where in LA, he was kind of restricted in a sense. So it's good to see. Next question for you, Jack. Which net would you let watch your child if you had one? Oh, it's a tough one next. So we go to the elder statesman. You know, Jeremy Lin's only 29, but there's something about him that just screams paternal instinct. He's got a, a really, seems to have like a really big heart. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of his Instagrams. He's, he came out with one on Monday that I post on the JBT Facebook page that was just really inspirational. And it just, it just hit me. And I'm just like, you know what? I reckon I could let my... I, I trust my guy, this my kids with this guy. Um, Tamari Carroll as well, one of our older guys, um, probably would be okay. You know, I probably wouldn't leave them with like. Actually, shout out to quick shout out to Jared Allen, what he did with like the kids over Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, he's he's still a baby himself. You know, he'd be more. I'd probably have to pay him like babysitting rates. But <laughs> but at the same time, uh, he's uh, he's just an awesome dude, and he certainly uh, has a big heart himself. But you know, I think Jared Allen's got enough money now to be at more than fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I you know Jeremy Lin spot on. He always posts videos with his nephew. Damari has a few children, and Jared Allen might teach your kid how to make a PC. So I think they all would work out pretty well. Which net do you think could play in the NFL? NFL. Oh, this is a tricky one. Bit out of my range of uh, expertise, but I reckon Quincy Acey has the sort of the passion and intensity that would fit well. He's got a really sort of solid body. You know, he's got sort of broad shoulders. He's, he's, he's quite tall as well. He's, he's stocky. He's sort of got the, the physical build that I think would fit well as a sort of like a tackle or a linebacker of sorts. Hopefully I'm using those terms correctly. Please don't at me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Quincy Acey seems to have the sort of, you know, if he like knocks someone down, he would just like lose his mind. We know he loves the, the muscle emoji. He loves like showing his muscles. And I think that'd be a nice little celebration as well. Yeah, I agree. I think him and Rondé both obviously would have to add some more size to play in the NFL, but they have the quickness, the wingspan, and to be, you know, an outside linebacker, a pass rusher, kind of like Jack said, he's spot on. I think there could be some impact. And, you know, AC just loves to bang with guys. I think it was a few games ago he scored a layup, and then after the play he just got up and chest-pumped somebody on the other team for no reason. <laughs> it's, it's typical AC type of stuff. So the NFL might have been the right career for him, but we'll never know. Soccer, who would be the net that could play, you know, in a Premier League? This is more your expertise. All right. So I'm actually literally 15 minutes down the road from Emirates Stadium for all the Arsenal fans listening. Um, so I reckon Karis Levert, your boy Nick, has the, this weird gangliness about him that, that, that we both love and, and works so well in terms of his basketball nature. But I think that would work really well for him as a, as a footballer, so to speak, or, or a soccer player. Um, He's got really nice pace and control. He's that's developed over the the past year as well. I think he could he could fit in nicely as a sort of Peter Crouch type. For those that don't know, Peter Crouch, very one of the most famous English footballers of all time. Very tall, lanky, sort of looks like myself. For those who haven't seen me, Carlos um, is a lot more handsome than him. Let's just I'll put that out there. <laughs> um, but I think he's got the nice control and speed that I think would work really well uh, on a on a soccer pitch. Yeah, I agree. I think the hesitation moves, the craftiness is something that you definitely need in soccer at times. So I think Karras would be a nice guy. Also, like I said to you before, 
you know, Kara seems like a guy you'd be able to hit the turbo button with down the sideline and get yeah. yourself a goal and kind of push for that uh, corner kick or something. So Karras is a good choice. But what about which net could you see coaching after the career's over? Oh, this is a tough one, Nick. Now, coaching, it's not every player can be a coach. You know, we see plenty of guys who go into the media or you know, completely ditch basketball and find their calling in other avenues. You know, I think, you know, Jeremy Lin certainly has a wide breadth of experience playing for so many different teams. So I think he's, and also he's got that um, that age about him. I think Damari Carroll, um, he's sort of developed that sort of role as a mentor within the Nets organization, specifically as we mentioned a million times with D'Lo. So I think he's sort of got that uh, that good communication as well. Um, certainly loves to send out the motivational tweet, which I think is, is very important. And I think he's good with the players, which is, you know, certainly what Coach Kenny is known for and what most modern coaches are known for having that player-coach relationship. So I think, you know, Damari and Jeremy Lin would be some good ones. Yeah, I agree. I think Jeremy obviously already has tried to coach guys. Same thing with Damari. Also another guy, I think Tyler Zeller could be a dude because you look at Zeller, he's not a guy who's ever been, you know, dominating in the league, but he's hung around in the league for a while. Usually those guys understand how to do the small things in the league. So I could see Zeller as maybe an assistant type of coach. I think Damari would be more of an assistant. Jeremy's really the only one I see kind of being that head coach. He just seems like that'd be something he'd really want to do. Yeah, and I think his, he's got a, a certain amount of respect and cachet about him as well. And, like, not all coaches, uh, you know, are, are superstars. Like, look at Steve Kerr, one of the best coaches uh, of the past 10 years, and, and he was sort of like a spot-up gunner. But he also has that real level of NBA experience in terms of different teams, different environments, even the GM background as well through the media. So I think, you know, that life experience for Jeremy Lin would certainly count as something as well. I agree. I think you look at a situation with Steve Kerr and Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, obviously the superior player, Hall of Fame type of player. Steve Kerr, not as much, obviously more talented team, but Kidd's really struggling with their coaching and where Kerr, I think it's a little bit easier sometimes for players that weren't as good because they kind of yeah. understand how things work a little bit easier and the work that needs to go in for certain guys. Where So when you're great, the game kind of comes so easy to you that it's almost harder to explain to your team sometimes. I think that's a really good point. You're able to relate more to the 15th guy on the roster rather than just, you know, your Giannis. You know, he's already having exactly. he's having trouble, you know, with the depth of that roster. And I mean, we'll shit on Jason Kidd all day because, you know, he, <laughs> he, he left our nets. And despite the fact that he gave so much love to, to New Jersey, the way he left us in acrimonious circumstances, um, leaving the Coca-Cola stain with him um, as well. <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, Jeremy Lin would be a really good one because he's had his ups and downs. So he knows you know, the peak of Lin's Danny. So he knows what stardom looks like. But he also knows what a real role looks like. He knows when to fight. He's, you know, he's experienced his injuries. So he knows that sort of hardship. So I think, you know, the coaching, you know, I think I could speak about it quite a bit, being a teacher and being a former coach myself. So it just encompasses so many different things. Look at like a guy like a Brett Brown. And he's, his parents are both teachers. And he says that that is a huge influence on him. So I think, you know, Jeremy Lin certainly would make a good run of it. Yeah, I agree. And I think I, <clears throat> Jeremy Lin's character really would help him as well. But yeah. if you had to grab a net, you know, you're going to sit down, play some Xbox, some PlayStation, maybe some Call of Duty, 2K, FIFA. Who are you grabbing? Oh, this is going to be a tricky one. Now, there's a lot of guys who are on Twitch these days. We see Gordon Hayward using it as a, a recovery tool. I think even someone mentioned LeBron James, um, Carl Anthony Towns, Kyle Kuzma, and Larry Nance. I think if I'm going to jump on Twitch, I'm going to go with, it's hard to say because I don't really know like the gaming styles of these guys. Are they really intense sort of gamers that walk up to the television when you know it's like the last play of the game, or are they a bit more chill, or do they like to chat shit? 
I really hate guys that chat shit. So maybe <laughs> I would probably stay away from a guy like a Quincy AC because he seems like a guy that would just like not stop chatting shit. I would just be like, just, just shut up. I would like throw my controller at him. Whereas I reckon Rondé would probably be a bit of fun. I reckon Rondé would be a good one. Just I've, I've done so much goddamn research about the guy that I think I know him like intimately. And I feel like we have similar characters. So like when I'm playing video games, I want to sort of have a, a guy that's you know on the same wavelength. Um, or if we're joining together as well, whether it's in like some COD, some FIFA or 2K online, or what a guy that's on the same wavelength. Like my brother is a guy that just absolutely pisses me off to no end. But I think I feel like Quincy AC just has, it has that similar personality. Even Joe Harris. I don't know him very well, but I feel like he's my, old, my younger brother in Kana. And not even that much younger. You know, he, he's 26, I'm 27. So I'd love to either, either Joe, um, my boy, or even uh, the hyphen himself. Yeah, this is a tough one. I could see Rondé being pretty fun, though, like you said. He wouldn't uh, talk shit. He would be a guy that I think would, like, laugh really hard at plays. Yeah. So, yeah. Have so fun he'd, with it. Yeah, he'd have fun with it. Um, <clears throat> I'm super competitive, so I'm probably going to get Jeremy Lin because, obviously, he's supposed to be the big gamer. I want to see how good he is. And then, if you know, we're teaming up. I want to have the best guy on my team. I'm not but, much of a shit talker myself, but I, I kind of like when people shit talk me. For some reason, it just like makes me like, it makes me play better. I don't really respond, but it just like almost guarantees that I'll win if people shit talk me. Yeah, I don't know what it is. See, I'm I'm like that when it comes to like actual sport, but when it comes to video games, like I like to sort of get in my own zone. I'll chuck on a podcast, I'll chuck on the outlet, or you know, Celtics Express, and just like you know, get in my own sort of solo world. And whether I'm like playing online or just playing by myself, doing my player, I like to do my own thing. So. I'd want to have, if I'm playing with someone, you know, have the snacks around, have some potato chips, have some, have some like, you know, some lollies um, and just sort of like, you know, riffraff a little bit. Yeah. I'll spit out a random fact about me. I used to be really good at Madden, like Ooh. really good, like top 100 type good. So Damn. everybody would talk so much shit to me, all my friends, because they'd always want to beat me. And it got to the point where like, it wasn't even worth playing them. So the only time I'd play would be for money. And then ever since then, it pretty much I haven't played anybody in Madden in years. But I'm not, yeah. I, don't, I don't play anymore, but just to give you an idea. Esports is very lucrative, my friend. Get back involved. I, it, it is. It is very big. It's going to definitely get big in the NBA with the Esports 2K League. Definitely oh, catch yeah. out, check out um, next week. Actually, good shout out, Jack. Next week, we should be dropping an Esports article by uh, Kyle Zawisk. He's been dropping a few articles here and there to kind of keep you updated. So he's going to write an article how to get into the 2K League, like what, you know, or the circumstances that you need to get past to get there. So I think that's really interesting. But last question before we get out of here, Jack, you get three nets to podcast with. You have three to be, nets. We'll do two current nets, and then you get one former net. All right. So two current nets. I'm going with Joe Harris. Um, probably no surprise. no surprise there for anyone who's listened to The Buzz knows that um, I'm obsessed with Joe Harris, and I'll probably start a 15-tweet Twitter thread about just the nba vote and and, and yeah it's i don't know i have an irrational love for for joe um and i think julio okafor would be a bit of fun i'm uh, reading his players tribune piece the other day the it was a really heartwarming piece and he seemed like a really uh well put together guy just that his head's on his shoulders he's had some hardships um it's hard not to go past the hyphen but I don't want to rob the marketing opportunity for you and Rondé to get together <laughs> and be like the the hyphen, like the hyphen podcast or the hy or hyphenated because there's just so much absolutely like ridiculous marketing opportunities, logo opportunities, 
um, for that. So I'm not going to rob you of that. So I'm going to go with Jalil. And, um, and then former, former net. Uh, I've chatted enough shit about Jason Kidd, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> but I'll probably, I'll probably, I'll probably still who, who, who you're, you're going to say. And the reason uh, he's been my favorite player ever since I started following that is probably Brook Lopez. Um, he is just an absolute marvel. Um, chat Star Wars and, and video games and movies about that guy. And he's a really dry-witted guy, which is a humor I really love. Um, yeah. And I feel like LA isn't appreciating him enough, but... You know, he's got, he's experienced like the two meccas of sort of like, you know, American culture when it comes to, and especially when it comes to basketball, LA and New York. So I think you mesh those together, get him on a pod. Um, I think it'd be super fun. JJ Reddick, don't steal any of our guys. Yeah, JJ. He just dropped, I think, a good pod with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, yeah. Yeah. I'm listen I'm to that one on the way home. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you said, you stole one of my guys. But first, if I had two, I'll give you two options. At first, I'd go with Rondé, Karras, and Brooke. Just because oh, yeah. I love the relationship they had last year. Also, I love all three of those guys. But hypothetically, if I couldn't choose Brooke, I would go D'Lo, Karras, and Rondé. Because yep. I'd be interested in see how that relationship really works and if that's really going to be the core for the Nets moving forward and get a good feel for that. I think that really intrigues me, and I, I'd love to see how they work. If I only could do a one-on-one, I'd pick Karras LeVert. I feel like I don't know enough about Karras LeVert, and I need to know more. <laughs> uh, I know you have a, a fascinating intrigue with the man, and I think – you know, the getting those three guys together would be really fun because uh, I think that there's there'd be some stories aplenty about them. And they've also got a really cool... We saw the dynamic uh, on Media Day with that photo where they were just pulling faces and stuff. So I think they know how to have fun and they'd bring a cool energy to the buzz. Yeah, Nets, so if you're hearing this, you know, hit us up. We're more, more than happy to get you on the Brooklyn buzz to chat some basketball. But that wraps it up for today. Jack, thank you for hopping on as always. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go Nets. We're going to pick up that W tonight, and we'll talk to you later this weekend. Have a great weekend, all. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.